once again it's time to open your ears and expand your mind. Or maybe it's dull your mind. Either way, I think these boys have something to say. So sit back, grab a brew, we're going to have some too. And give you our point of view, here on Talkin' Brap. second attempt at episode seven here uh <laughs> jamie's doing his best to uh make some noise over here in the background uh so we're back again check us out talkingbrap.com instagram everywhere talking brap Heads rule yeah so we we, we we tried to start an episode we had some te- technical difficulties and uh basically we were on fire we were we were on fire we were doing pretty good and, and the topic of the night kind of stems from. You're gonna have to go in and interweave that into the conversation. Yeah, yeah. The topic so of the, the night. Yeah, the topic of the night kind of stems from how many people we've seen that buy a bike for their first bike that is not the right bike for them. And you know, it, every man, major manufacturer, every major manufacturer. Let's throw that out there. Um, you know, has <laughs> multiple. Bikes, different styles, different CCs, weights, heights, whatever it is. And there's a reason for that because not everybody has the same riding style. And finding a bike that is right for your riding style and, and, and your lifestyle, if you will, is a huge difference than buying a bike that doesn't, you know, mean anything, you know. Um, you know, some guys, uh, you live on a farm and dirt roads and, you know, out near the mountains or whatever it is, and you know, an adventure touring type bike might be you know the the right bike for you. And you buy a, a, a soft tail or something like that, and after 
you know, riding it down your dirt roads and everything else, you realize that, man, this is not the right bike for me. Yeah. You know, like if you bought for, that shovel head I talked to you about earlier and you live yeah. on a dirt road, you're going to be so, greasy and muddy. So we can, <laughs> we'll start with that because you made a very, very common decision as your first bike that a lot of times does not work out so well. And yeah. what, what was your first bike? 79 shovel head, man. Well, no, no, wait, I'll go back. I started on a, a CBR 600 F2 about killed myself five, six times on it and decided that I needed a roll cage. Yeah, <laughs> we covered that. I bought a race car and, uh, as my career improved, I decided, man, I want another, I want a Harley man bad. Yeah. And I shopped around and I wanted some street cred. I wanted a cool bike, found one that was in hot bike magazine years prior. And it was for sale, bought it. And I shopped around. I, I mean, there was like all kinds of bikes for sale. I could have had a brand almost like a two year old bike. I could have bought for the same price, but this thing looked bad. Bought it, and it beat the crap out of me. Yeah, and I was greasy all the time. So don't blame those guys. Those those greasy. <clears throat> yeah, but everywhere you went, somebody had something to say to you. Yeah, and I met some cool people too, yeah. like the dudes that had similar bikes. You know, they were like, "Hey, man, ride with us, yeah. whatever," because we were all breaking down together. Yeah, and and that's something we were, we kind of got into earlier. That we're you know it, is that who you ride with or who you know can have a lot of bearing on what type of bike or what type of rider you are, you know, for sure. Um, For example, right now I'm, you know, out riding with these guys on Friday night streets. We do here in Nashville. When are you going to get some wheelies, man? And yeah, I don't do wheelies. Sorry. (laughs) You're out there. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I want to now I I do. And and, and, you know, I'm cruising around my 883 is set up for me as an everyday rider. Yep. You know, there's a little bag on it, just tiny little bag, just enough to keep my shit in. The handlebars are comfortable. I got forward controls. It's it's set up as an everyday rider. It is not set up for wheelies. It is not set up for, you know, tricks and things like that. It's set up to ride. And so I go out uh, last Friday night with a bunch of these guys, and they're all, we were very heavy on Harley. There was a couple of sport bikes. There was a couple of Grom. And we we need to talk about Groms a little bit because Groms is an amazing little bike, dude. I want a flat track Groms, man. So so we'll talk oh, about that. But so be so much we fun. go out with these guys, and now the funny thing is, is people sleep on eight eighty threes, and I'm always preaching that eighty three ain't bad. And I can tell you right now, up until about eighty or ninety miles an hour, you really can't fuck it. it there's no difference in on a lot of bikes. You know what I mean? Especially when you're light to light in the in the in the city and things like that. When you take off that eight eighty three can keep up with just about any bike. And we were talking about it the other night. First gear in about half a second, I can keep up with anybody. Then they start pulling on me, you know, <laughs> then, then, then it's something different. But first and like half a second, I, I can keep up with anybody. And so we go out and ride and these guys are doing wheelies and all of these things and their bikes are all set up, you know, um, it makes me want to buy another bike, you know, buy something to go out and thrash. And so a couple of these guys, their girlfriends were riding around on Groms. And if you don't know what a Grom is, Grom's like, I think it's 110 CC, somewhere around there, 125. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's 125. Um, I don't know, somewhere around there, 100, 125. And they're, they're small wheels, small bikes, but they're big enough that a normal sized person can ride yep. them around. And there's well. tons of parts for them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's huge aftermarket. Huge aftermarket yep. because they're really easy to wheelie. You know, you drop them. They're, they're not that easy, you know, to, to necessarily tear up. Yeah. So the 
and these things through the city, we never really got over 45, 50 miles an hour. You know what I mean? It, it just, there was no point we were out doing wheelie, things like that. Uh, the Groms were great, man. They they hung. The, the girls were right there on with the them. sidewalk, and, doing all kinds yeah, of crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> running around, and I was like, dude, I fucking want one of these Groms because I live in Nashville. So when they want to mob around the city, I can just leave my driveway. They were trailering these things in, you know, because you're not going to ride a Grom on the highway. No, hell no. You know, so they, they trailer them in, come into the city, drop them all off, you know, do their thing, and they all trailer out. I live in the city, so I was like, fuck, I can grab a Grom and just meet up with them. It's fun. <laughs> but... You know, it, it relates back to getting on that or making that choice for what kind of style of riding you do. And the problem lies in that a lot of new riders, I don't think, have necessarily networked with a lot of riders. You know, um, maybe they just it, see television shows, yeah, and yeah, commercials. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the guys whose friends, yeah, the guys whose friends are already riding, they help them buy the right bike. You know what I mean? But the guys that are like, not really friends with riders that want to ride. Um, you know, they, they see the OCC choppers and the, and the West coast choppers and the, you know, all these things. And they're like, that thing's fucking badass, And I want to ride that. That's what I want to look like. You yep. know, that's what people look at me. That's what I want. And then when ride. you get the, the leather OCC monogrammed kidney belt that comes with the bike, oh, you yeah. realize exactly why well, I'm sure they probably, well, everybody that bought one probably has a tattoo. I think a lot of people, <laughs> I think a lot of people, I mean, think, come on. I think a lot of people make mistakes because they listen to their friends when they don't ride. And they like, we, we see that all the time in the retail Harley market. You know, these guys will come in and they'll buy like a street glide or a, or a road King or something. And they have very limited experience, but their buddies all ride. They've been riding for a while. They all have baggers like, Oh, you need a street glide. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And these guys, they should really seriously be like maybe on a soft tail at the most and probably on something even lighter. Like I've seen some, you know, we've worked in dealerships for a while. You know, I've seen people get on a, a bike and go tearing out of the parking lot out of control and crash on a brand new bike. Yeah. That they just bought. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, they made it like 35 feet and crashed it, it twice like, here. What the fuck are you selling this bike to this guy for? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And, sketch you raise your hand did you did you do this wait, wait. but you know and and they buy the they buy motorcycles they shouldn't because the people that they ride with say this is what you need to do you know when i when i was in arizona there was a lady that had those people a, have shitty friends well <laughs> that is true that's you true know. that's true but they don't know any better you know, and their friends are like, well, this is what's cool. This is what everybody rides. This is what you need to buy. And they're like, okay. So and they right. don't know. I Googled it. Most popular first motorcycles. Okay. And the first thing that pops up here is, yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, that this list is, is pretty interesting. And I'm going to start from the bottom because the top is absolutely incredible. Okay. Uh, the bottom is, is a Suzuki SV650. Yeah, I, that's yeah. a really good bike. Yep. It's a good all bike. around bike. They're very lightweight. They have a tube yep. chassis. They're super good handling bikes, and there's a really big <clears throat> race circuit for those. And they're real well. reliable. Yeah, and there there is a lot of them. They're cheap. Correct. And uh, I've known a lot of people that ride them. Everybody loves them. So so really good bike. I I can definitely say that. So how the many, next on the list. How many people do you know that ride them? Uh, three. <laughs> uh, the oh. next on the list is the Harley eight eighty three. Um, I tend to argue with this a little bit because I don't believe a Sportster is a first bike. 
I, I believe that people do it and they make it. And I think if you start on a Sportster and you put, you know, 10,000 miles on a Sportster, you can ride anything. You know, Sportsters are very top heavy and, you they're know, also extremely fun. They're, they're, yeah, they are. I love my Sportster. Don't get me wrong. But I think if I would have started on a Sportster, I, it would have been a little different, you know. Um, like, I bought but my then, wife a Sportster. I don't mean to say it the wrong way. It's not as I bought my wife a Sportster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought her one because she was tired of riding the back. Well, how do you mean to say it? It's not a chick bike. I mean, Sportsters are freaking badass. Are you racist? <laughs> no. Yeah. Sportster lives matter. Sports, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not getting <laughs> anyway. On that one. So it was the nastiest sound in freaking bike ever. Oh yeah, I put a pipe on it. Twelve hundred? No, it was an eighty-three. Okay, they make a lot of noise. They the eighty-three. Fender. I made it really badass, and <clears throat> I test rode it several times. I had so much damn fun flicking that bike around. I would take it up the canyon because I lived in kind of like a road that led to a canyon. So I go take it around and flick it around for a while. And yeah, dang man, that thing is fun. Yeah, they're fun, fun bikes. They really are, and that's why. So my choice in bikes is Sportster because I only ride 15 or so miles to and from work every day, um, even before I was in the 20. So I'm a, I'm a 20 mile each way rider. I like to push things to the limit. If I pushed a 1200 to the limit, I'd probably get in a little more trouble. Than I've heard you ride home. I, I max that thing out. Oh yeah, I, I, I pin it. I, I love that bike because <laughs> I know how thick the cylinder walls are, and I'm just trying to blow them up. <laughs> and you can't do it. You cannot do it. So, you know, but I I've done some suspension work, and I've lifted it, and I've done some things so that it handles better. And I love to lean a bike. I love scraping. I love you know getting hard in the turns. Turns are where I live, and I love to be. So the Sportster really fits my style. I get on Dynas and I ride them like these low rider S's, even the new soft tails. I, I, they just still feel like pigs to me, you know, because I ride a sporty, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just, I'm, I'm, I have a hard time. Like, man, I, I really like the nimble, you know, ability the of my sportster. Of yeah, sportster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit goes down. I can get that sportster anywhere, do anything I need to do on it. Like sketch tried to flick around a bike. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that the last time. <laughs> well, he wasn't trying to flick around. He he was trying to keep up with me, and we were getting it, it you know. Well, I was going to say, you were trying to keep up because I was still in the right place I needed to be, and you were not. <laughs> so the next on the list, Honda Rebel 300. So it was always a 250. I didn't know it was a 300 now. This is something new, I guess. Um, absolutely. Honda Rebels are great little bikes. Um, there's a huge market in people buying old Rebels and turn them into choppers. And they make really cool little choppers, too. Um, they get like 100 fucking miles a gallon or whatever it is. They, you know, they get great gas mileage, but you're never going to want to take a, a Rebel out on the highway. You know, you're not going to want to get on the interstate and try to do 80, 90 miles. I built hour. one like that. I built an XS650. It was my dad's bike. Yeah. I chopped it up turns it into a chopper it's not seen the freeway once it's been to the bar and back yeah it's been up and down my street and that's about it now it so, needs points and a carburetor tune up. the next on the list <laughs> is the honda crf 250l rally a 250 so this is this is a crf is going to be a dirt bike yeah and so okay, uh, i yeah i disagree with bike. a 250 dirt bike as a first bike because um they can be pretty powerful, you know, especially back in the two-stroke days. You definitely don't want a two-stroke 250. Um, 
And then the next one, uh, the Ducati Scrambler. Uh, Cedric just left. He has a Ducati Scrambler. Yeah. Um, fun little bike, you know. Uh, next on the list, the Yamaha YZFR3, the other, you know, 300, uh, the Ninja 300. And then the top of the list is a Honda CB1100EX. Are you fucking kidding me? Now, wait, there's a, a huge discrepancy in that. You have like cheap bike, cheap bike, cheap bike, cheap bike. Yeah. And then entry level, big bike, leader bike. 1100. I don't give a fuck what it is. Even a detuned 1100 for a first bike. That's a big bike. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I, I rode 600s and things like that when I was younger. And when I got on a leader bike for the first time, I scared the shit out of myself because mm-hmm. I got on one that guy had worked out and it was an R1. That's what I rode first too for a leader bike. Was and R1 scared the I shit took out it of down me. the street and was like, <laughs> oh man, this thing's cool because it was bigger. I'm a big guy. It was bigger. It felt good because I've been riding these 600s and shit and they feel really small for me. And I'm like, man, this thing feels good. It's got some weight to it. And I got to the end of the street and I turned around and I brought the throttle and it stood up on one wheel. That's and what I happened fucking, to me. I laid, I, 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 you know, I let off the throttle, put it back down, turned right back into the driveway. This guy had the Yamaha, like, no. he had a Yamaha R1. He had the, f- the first set of BST wheels I ever saw. This dude had all the cool stuff. Yeah. And I was like, carbon fiber wheels. Holy yeah. crap. This is like back in 03 or 04. I was like, whoa. I rode the bike and I yanked the throttle back and it freaking not even dumping the clutch stood up. <laughs> yeah. I quickly shut it off <laughs> and came back home like looking kind of like whitish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, fuck, man. I, back in Florida. <laughs> to get to the limit. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Back in Florida, there's a large Puerto Rican community. Hibusas are really big in that community. Drag and I bikes. see higher boosts are really big in general. So in my yeah, and well, they're quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're not quick. They're, they're fast. Not, they're, well, they're, they're not, not quick. quick. They're fast. So here's the deal. Top end. In my experience exactly. in riding through the last like 15 years or so, I hate high boosts because they have that a, Japanese a, riding on them though. Most of the guys it's scary that I see ride high boosts doesn't, doesn't it mean flower? Have no, no idea. It's a Falcon. That's what they have no idea how to ride. And they have bought a Hayabusa for bragging rights. You know what? And to say that they can beat their friends. I think, I think this podcast is over. (laughs) (laughs) And then I met a guy named Deuce who I went to school with, and he's probably in South Carolina. He's probably running a shop right now. I'd have to look him up. He had a couple of Hayabusas and had been riding Hayabusas since like the beginning. And I, in my experience, all I had seen was guys ride Hayabusa's in straight lines really fast and, like, they handled, like, pigs. You know what I mean? When we got into the turns. They just never, never, anybody i seen, most of that stretched fucking swing arms yeah, and all I that dumb buddy, shit. You know? I had a buddy that had a ZX-10 Deuce when I owned my Dyna. Had a stock and wheelbase one. And he couldn't keep up one. with me. He had a stock wheelbase one that he had done some shit to. And I seen him jump this shit over railroad tracks and stuff. Like, he was crazy on this thing. He fucking rode the shit out of it. And he's the only person I've ever seen that rode a Hayabusa that I could say would probably take a leader bike. Because when the guys would come up on Hayabusa's talking shit, I'm like, dude, you put me on any one of these fucking leader bikes and I'll whack your ass. You know what I mean? I'll fucking wax it. 
You don't have no idea how to ride that thing. I guarantee it. You don't need 1,400 cc's or whatever the fuck it is. You don't know how to ride it. Hey, look up that bike really quick that we were talking about earlier. The supercharged. What is it? I think it's a Kawasaki or something like that. Factory supercharged bike, 220 plus miles an hour. I, I'm going to say the, the it's, ZX14. It, is that what it is? Well, it's the ZX14 is always uh, ZXZH2 supercharged 998. It's a ZX10. That's pretty much what I said. Good damn. It's it's the, That's what I said earlier. It's probably the ZX10 base because that is their leader bike. And it's probably got a detuned pulley on it. Supercharged, hyper naked, tube frame like a Ducati. It looks pretty sick. I mean, yeah, that will be stretched and on a MSRP drag strip near you very grand. soon. So, wow, that actually ain't that bad. Let me see. The problem with a bike like this. Oh my god. Yeah, it's sexy. Uh, the problem with a bike like this relates back to why I ride an 883, and we talk about that. I talk about this with people all the time, and it's Top Gear. The British show. Fucking love those guys. Top Gear is legit. They are the best of the best. Now the I Grand Tour. Yeah, Grand Tour. I love that show, too. So, in Top Gear, uh, Jeremy Clarkson used to talk about how driving a slow car fast yes. is way more fun Absolutely. than driving a fast car slow. <laughs> so, you buy a fucking Lamborghini, but you never get to bounce that Lamborghini off the rev nope. limiter in every year. But you, no way. You You'll never, Golf ever GTI. fucking do it. And yeah, you buy a Honda thing. Civic, and that's where that Tudor yep. market comes from. And you beat the fuck out of it, like I do on my 883, and I absolutely love it. Agreed. I know that I'm not going as fast as I could and other people, but dude, bouncing that thing off the rev limiter and beating the fuck out of it has a feeling that is hard to replace. And if you buy a bike like this, this supercharged fucking leader bike, you will never bounce that thing off the rev limiter <clears throat> ever. At the drag strip, yeah, the strip you will. Maybe if if it so if they no, sell if they sell a thousand of these, fucking thirty five will end up on the strip. So, <laughs> no one will fucking run these things, dude. People that buy this shit put them in fucking garages. You know what I mean? Like a bike like that is way too much bike, and 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 that's that right there is a really good example of a first purchase mistake. There you go. A fucking supercharged leader bike. Okay. Well, no. That, if that's you do not know how to ride, out the people that yeah, don't if know you what do doing. not know how to ride, that bike will fucking kill you. <laughs> exactly, it's Darwin at work. Without question, yeah, good. it will and fucking kill you. Absolutely good. Good. Go ahead. Right, go. No, 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 I was just because mm-hmm. I've been holding on to it this whole time, letting you talk. But granted, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 that, that sounded that sounded let, worse let the, than I meant it. Let I the didn't want warfare begin. Hey, 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 hang on, hang on. Jeez, <laughs> man, don't don't I'm, let my I'm, podcast get in the I'm, way I'm, of your talk. I'm serving the body. I can't hold it in anymore. I can't. God damn it! I've been listening to this bullshit for long time. You stupid motherfucker! This shop is a prison on planet bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I didn't want to interrupt, but I held on to the one little key piece. and uh, Well, two key pieces. One, no, I don't know how to ride. We've all fucking established this. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say I don't want any chips because I'm chewing tobacco. No, I love chips and dip. <laughs> but two, you're... <laughs> Okay, then. I thought that's what he was... Because he'd been yeah. trying to tell I mean, me he that. He did just been, put a twist on it. I'll give it to him. That was good. Your, your comment about... On your 883, you'll, you'll, I, I'm still waiting 
Because you can have the fucking curves. We've already proved you got the curves, all right? I yeah. fucking took out an SUV trying to stay with you, all right? <laughs> but straight line. Oh, no, I ain't got you. Yeah. No I way. Fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, it, but first it, and second gear, you will be surprised how well I hang. Oh, no, no, no. And, and every time you roll up to the fucking stop sign with your... It's fucking hilarious. But... I downshift hard. Uh, but the... um. You know, and, and it comes to what you're saying about first purchases. Um, Mike has I, left I, the building. I lucked out with my first purchase. <laughs> you did pretty good on your first purchase. <laughs> you checked actually. out. Um, you know, and you're talking about the Rebel. My first purchase originally was going to be a Rebel 500. And I was actually in the financing office going through with everything when I got a call from a friend who was like, hey, my buddy will sell you his, you know, don't do o- it. O- o- seven don't friggin' do it. street bob for <laughs> yeah. 5,500. And I'm like, well, I'm on it. And then I come here and got the bike that I have now. And yeah. And so you a bought rocket. a 07 you bought a Dyna rocket. Street Bob. Yep. Uh, pretty much stock. <laughs> I mean, the way it was set up was fairly stock. I don't know. There might have been some little weird Apparently things. Apparently it there, had but, a bent wheel. Um, so, you know, a Dyna is not a bad oh, starting point. just what I am. And for this Yankee Nation, I do not give a damn. I'm glad I fought again. I only wish we'd won. This intermission brought to you by Songs of the Civil War and everything they do. I hate the declaration of independence too. I hate the glorious union with our blood. We accept sponsorships with straight white whiskey. We need to get sponsored by a fucking whiskey or moonshine because we drink a bottle every episode. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> if you get sponsored by moonshine, does that technically make you illegal? Well, no, because no. it's not illegal anymore. Moonshine's illegal? No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Yes, it is. It's oh. in stores. I have nothing to say. That's not. Okay. That's just moonshine well. brand. No, it's moonshine. So it's regulated moonshine yes. at, it's just not at moonshine. 80 proof. It's right, not moonshine. Fair, fair. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. That's fair. But it, this well, is it is. It's still two. white whiskey. It's still made the same way. It's just regulated. So when you buy moonshine from Dale or you know somebody like that, well, who? You know, why are you name dropping? What? <sighs> Whatever. If you, if, if, you don't know of, what the proof is. If you, you, you buy a jar out. of alcohol from some guy on the street, that is illegal. Well, yeah, yeah. I thought it was entrepreneurship. That, that is moonshine. It is entre- entrepreneurship, but. Yeah. It is. It's illegal. Yeah, but so, so you can do the same so thing. Just as long as we edit out, right? But that's illegal. Yeah, but too. you could do the same thing with Fair. grape jelly. Still enjoyable. You could make grape jelly in your house. No, because you can't get fucking high it. off grape jelly. But it, and sell it, and it's illegal unless you're paying taxes on. Right, it. but grape jelly is not proven so, in the state of California to cause birth defects or be addictive uh, or whatever. I'm, I'm pretty sure it has. My, it, my, actually, in California, it probably has. Yeah, everything. 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 California has a sticker on that says gluten can cause ass cancer. You know what's awesome? It's fire season in California. Oh, you're waiting? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll fucking finally oh, burn I, I, down. Hey, my old neighborhood so where my parents live right now, thank God it burned last year. Oh. It's done. It's over. Yeah, your parents it's got it bad done. last year, huh? It's fucking never done. Hammered. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like right up to the backyard. Uh, 
like really bad. And it's my dad can't crazy. do shit right now. I hope the whole, whole everything that hasn't didn't burn last year burns down, and then it rains for fucking five weeks. <laughs> Mudslides mud into the ocean. There's and so right much simpler after solution. Malibu, yeah, right the after San Malibu Andreas, slides, man. <laughs> the San Andreas. <laughs> this is a really good fall. I thought I had the anger issues. Hey, where does Nancy Pelosi live? Can that fall off in the ocean too? Uh, it needs more than that. San Francisco? Jesus yeah, Christ, where are you guys edge? going with well, this? Well, here's the problem though. We're if, pissed off. Fuck, man. I don't know, but you brought Pelosi <laughs> into it, and I'm here's down for problem. a lynching. God damn it, we're talking about motorcycles. Here's guys. the problem though. You, if San you Francisco. Got, uh, yeah, you're or audition or whatever the fuck you said you got. You okay, got held on to it long enough. We're you know, done. Well, here's the problem though. I've thought about this. If If California falls in the ocean, then all those spent needles and all that human feces goes into oh, the ocean and will oh. poison the ecosystem with democratic shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of the world's going to starve anyway. Oh, man, that's great. If they hey, can't destroy in middle us Tennessee. Through, if they can't destroy us through handout programs that are not sustainable, then they'll destroy us by poisoning all the food that we depend on. That so, we can go get for ourselves. You know, the first bike thing I don't think really applies to you because you kind of grew up riding bikes, huh? I had a first bike. I mean, what was your first bike? Oh, we used to wait. We talked about this. Uh, a, a Yamaha 650 Maxim. Maxim. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good bike. So yep. you can set the points on my uh, my XS. Huh? You can set the points on my XS. Setting the points, dude, it was a Yamaha. <laughs> my, my Yamaha has, has points. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> It no, it does. <laughs> they just told you that. That's yeah. what, they're like, oh, look at this. And carburetors. I actually, there was a guy. About, they crash. There was a guy back in Florida <laughs> that had a XX650 Special. Oh, yeah. That was super fucking clean. It was a beautiful bike. It's a black. Uh, I don't think it was. I want to say it was like white and it was white. Most of them like were black. White and blue or like something. Gold racist. It was maroon. I had maroon and gold. And I took, gold. I have the tank. My mom has it. And she asked me if I want it back. I'm like, yes, Please. save the tank. Yeah. I chopped it up. Most the of the frame. Huh? You still have the tank? I have the tank. Yeah. My mom has it. She's going to send it back to me. But the frame from the neck down to like where the swing arm was, we chopped it and hardtailed it. Yeah. And I took all the rest of the frame. The mid controls are still where they belong. Everything else is where it's supposed to be. It's still an XS 650. It still fires in its natural order. I didn't rephase it or anything like yeah. that. And I'm going to ride this bike soon, I hope. Especially if my dad ends up passing, but I'm going to end up riding that bike. Yeah. Well, you know, that was the first are- bike I ever sat on. When I was five years old. My dad sat me on the tank of that bike and took me for my first ride ever. So do you know how easy points are? Yeah, paperclip? No, a matchbook cover. Matchbook, matchbook cover. Yeah, I've heard that. So, yeah. You run, it it, you, you run it around until it sparks, and right when it sparks, you set it to the thickness of a matchbook cover. That's it. You're good to go. I have fucked with So here's like the once. only difficult part. Good luck finding a matchbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I happen to have well, a collection only, of those. There's only a couple of CD bars that I still have, have matchbooks. I was going to say, closing down, and I got a whole years. vase full of matchbooks. You could probably they're not go closing there down. I thought they were They weren't closing down. Okay, they well, if they're not closing down, then hey, the doors are open. You, 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 you know what, Donnie? Donnie, shut the fuck up, Donnie. Shut the fuck up, Conversation does not start and stop at your convenience. Your mom says we can't sit more than four to a table. So I actually, <laughs> technically, my first bike was the the Vulcan 750. 
my uncle, and I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, my uncle like just liked to buy shit. And he would never fucking use it. So he had jet skis and four-wheelers and all this shit. Never fucking use it. So he bought this. It was a 250. It looked like if you were to put roundish hard bags on a soft tail. Okay. Gross. Uh, three lights, auxiliary lights, everything. Full dresser. Gross. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a 250. It Gross. was a Chinese knockoff of the Yamaha 250. Uh, the V Star two fifty. So it's like a Yugo. I don't know why you want to so, keep pushing so, me away, Roy. So yeah. So when I when I needed parts for it, I would just buy the Yamaha parts, and they fit, and everything you know worked ten times better. The fucking Yamaha parts. But I probably put a couple of thousand miles on that thing, just riding it around town. You know what I mean? Like a couple miles at a time here and there, and and I I got the feel for the road on a two fifty. You know and and while I rode that to work and back because I was living in, in an apartment at my uncle's house. So I, I just pulled it out of his garage, rode it to work, rode it back. He didn't give a fuck, you know? Um, and it got ran. So it was better because every yeah. year he'd have to fucking rebuild the car and put a new battery in it and everything else, you know? Um, so I, I rode this thing for quite a while and it, it, and it was like any 250, you know, you just can't, you can't take them out on the highway. When you want to go downtown or somewhere you live 20 miles out of downtown, you're not fucked. You're taking the it's long like a, way. It's like a, a Grom. Yeah, yeah. You're taking either the long way. It's going to take <laughs> yeah. you an hour to get there or yeah. you're going to put it in a trailer or something. And, and, it, and a bike like that, the 250 little dresser thing, is not worth putting in a trailer, you know. So I rode it around town. And when I was ready to buy a bike, I kind of knew that I needed something more. I knew I'd, I had ridden leader bikes and this and that. And I knew I didn't need that. <laughs> Um, I settled on that Kawasaki because I had so many little features and I got it so cheap and they made the same bike from 1986 to 06. So parts were super fucking easy to find for it. And if, if an 88 was broken down, mine was a 94. Um, if an 88 was broken down, I can take the parts out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I found parts everywhere. And, and when I, when I did all my research, that I landed on that bike and I never regretted it. I'd buy another one in a heartbeat because it was so much fun to ride. Um, I had a really good friend of mine. We've talked. He was on one of the episodes. He's got the racing sportster. He had a eight eighty three, the one that's the racing sportster now. His was pretty stock, some short shots and stuff on it. And I had my seven fifty uh, Kawasaki. They were pretty matched on performance. At his was mapped and stuff, so at about one. 100 to 110 he had a little pull on me but up until then we were very close and he actually jumped over on my bike i jumped over on his and afterwards he was like fuck your bike handles better than mine <laughs> you know he's like god damn it um so you know it it worked out for me and when i went to buy another bike i bought a sportster because i like the small bike um i don't do long touring you know I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't go on 700 mile rides. So let me ask you this. What do you think about the saying? There are two types of riders. You either own a bagger or you're going to own a bagger. So I, I believe that there is an evolution in everything. Okay. You know, there, there's a point you reach in any sport, you know, whatever it is. So you play golf, you know, you start off, you, you use these certain clubs, you do this. I think there's a point that you reach that everybody fucking hits Callaway's and you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Just in general speaking. And that's how I feel um, like a bagger is at some point you're going to improve your bag to a point where well, you've got wind protection, you've got radio, you've got sat nav, you got everything you need. 
Well, it's and a, it's you a lifestyle thing. Ass you if know, you set it up right. When you're younger, I think you know, in 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 the earlier years, you know, you work more, and your riding style tends to be closer to home. I think as you get older, and you're working less, your riding style then Shut becomes destination more. riding. And there's no question that there is a, there's no better bike to destination ride for hundreds of miles on a Harley Touring bike. Hell I've ridden. Yeah. Every other manufacturer's touring bikes, <laughs> you, and there is nothing. You obviously haven't ridden an Indian Challenger. <laughs> oh come oh, on! Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so holy shit, Let we get to we get to we get the topic it. now. Oh Here's my god! You brought Indian up the because Indian is changing the game. Have you heard about Indian's new product that is changing the fucking game? Have you heard? No, no, I have. They have a new seat that heats and cools. Fucking changing the game. Oh, because I've been doing that for fucking thirty. If years. you're if you're an Indian rider, then you need cooling and heating on your ass. Yeah. Say, because the same to just yeah. Stop and get no, they're 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 officially the first manufacturer to come out with a seat that heats. I saw cool. that. They also it's embarrassing. have a windshield yes. that moves up and down. Because I don't want a hot ass while I'm riding. Fucking cool that shit down. You know what I'm saying? And. You know, I don't ride in the cold anyways if I have an Indian, so I don't know what the heater's for. You could just not be gay. <laughs> but then I wouldn't own an Indian. <laughs> <laughs> All your problems solved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I read that today because I was like, oh, I'm going to look up motorcycle news, news and see what's cool. Maybe we can talk about it tonight. And they're fucking garbage right now. That was that was like the top of the news was Indians changing the game. Heat Here's the news: cool parts seat. are hard to get. <laughs> oh yeah, son of a bitch, man. Not if you're not if you're an Indian because if you're if you're doing yeah well yeah yeah ain't nobody bought no Indian parts. God that shit's damn. still sitting in a warehouse. Yeah. But the fucking I didn't think it would hit like guys, this. It, huh? I didn't think it would hit like this. Like it's coming late. What? Like availability of parts. Well, yeah, of course it comes. COVID late. shut everything down, and when you're I doing volume through like it, now do. it's like now it's getting tight. Yeah, this is about what I expected. When everything so, opens back up, that's when the the supply, the supply gets tight because that's when but, everybody goes back out and starts purchasing things, and they didn't make anything three months ago. Right. So there's nothing on any yeah. shelves. Yep. So I, I'm just I'm gonna play devil's advocate. There's so many stupid fucking dealerships that give us all their stuff. Oh, we, yeah. we're buying it up like crazy. Yeah, yeah, we're taking. Oh, you got you have manifolds. Oh. oh yeah, we'll take some of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What else you got? Hey, you you get some twist group sensors. Yeah. <laughs> So how many again? Like six? Oh, we'll take all of them again. Yeah, uh, devil's advocate here. If you were gonna buy a bike to do everything we've talked about, aside from, I mean, if we were gonna include off road, that does change it. Okay, because we did talk about adventure touring a little bit. Not in play, but aside from off road. A Harley Touring bike's a hard choice not to say you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't know, mm-hmm. man. The bike that uh, Kirk rode in the new Star Trek, like the first remake, <laughs> was pretty fucking badass. What was it? It was a hover bike. It didn't have <laughs> wheels or nothing. And it was electric, so, you know, it's it's all friendly. Oh, I actually, oh yeah. It's good. The live wire, if I had money it's, Yeah, for it's that. super badass. I mean, yeah, I don't know. If, if I could have a live wire, I would buy one. Without if it pressure. was cheap enough to just ride back and forth to work. Right. And I'd put on rain gear and I'd suffer through it. Well, yep. but look at it this way. You never have to buy gas again. 
My wife has that. It's called a Volt. How yeah, he's like already in How do you like that? She loves it. Well, the car's got 140,000 miles on it. Now you can 140? have 140,000 miles yeah, on that so, car. So, really? Wow. So, yeah. here, so here you go. And it hasn't missed a beat. Instead have of, you like replaced batteries? Instead of buying no, gas, nothing. you just really? have a car Engine payment. battery only. Wow. Once. Wow. But check it out. Instead of buying fuel for the next five years, you have a car payment. What's the difference? I mean, in the end, right now, there really is no difference. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Take it easy, COVID. Is. Yeah. Don't worry. I got, I got corona. Wait, it's, good. Yeah. it's a hybrid. Yeah, don't, I'm, I'm no, the, Vol- the Volt's electric. It's, yeah, a yeah, electric, it's an electric yeah. car it's with a generator on, on board. Oh, shit. Just but I mean, you, had the, you had the fucking Prius, and the, that was supposed to whatever. Prius is shit. The Volt Prius is, electric. is shit. So again, back to what I was I, saying. I agree with you, Aaron, but Prius is driven by pretentious assholes. That's right. Faggots. Uh, why oh, doesn't he fucking drive one? <laughs> huh? So, I'm not a faggot. I'm a dick. <laughs> he said pretentious asshole. There's three just, types of people. It fucking highlighted you in all fucking yeah. bright yellow. There are three types of people. I might be an dick, asshole. But I'm not pretentious. And hey, you're, you're, hey, you're Come on, tell me you know this. with arrogance. Oh, yeah. Dicks just dicks. like to fuck all That's the time. Fair. And That's pussies fair. just want to get fucked. But sometimes <laughs> assholes need to get fucked too. <laughs> Because if the dicks don't fuck the assholes, then you just get shit on everything. Well, then when's this motherfucker's time? I'm sorry. I'm getting uh, one of my favorite things ever is that, yeah. is that three types of people. Yes. Dicks, pussies, and assholes. Dicks just want to fuck all the time. Yeah. And dicks like to fuck pussies, but they also fuck assholes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if they didn't, get shit on shit everything. Shit on everything. That's right. Uh, Budweiser, please. So, you know, back to it. The reason that Harley sells so many touring bikes is that when you want to get out on the road and go, you can. But if you want to just rip around town, those fucking bikes handle pretty good, man. You know, mm-hmm. when set up um, properly, we we've set up a yeah. couple of them that will absolutely Boy, rip your uh, roof Clements, off. Today I rode his. I mean that road glide. He didn't. He ain't even done handlebars or nothing on that yet. He needs to do oh, suspension. He needs to do he suspension. Needs to do I told suspension. him. I told that him. thing floats like but, a goddamn airplane when you get on but it. But you know what? He doesn't. He doesn't even know. Yeah, he doesn't know any better. I know. He. he we, we have another guy that has probably the single badass setup bike that we've done. And it still has like the freaking the knobs, knobs on the side like, of the tires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that is like, that the white yeah. bike that we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, thing yeah, set yeah. up the fucking. This thing would destroy. On kill. Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely it would destroy everything in its path. And he's like, like well, it. yeah, because I did, I did, I did Clement's bike today, twenty five k neck bearing and all that. So I want to make sure the thing handles right. So I'm gonna go out and ride it. I'm gonna get it up to speed. I'm gonna get on it a little bit because I had fucking took apart the neck bearings. You know what I mean? I want to make yeah. sure it's right. That thing gets light. Dude, I rode it, that it, bike. It floats that front end. Listen, oh, Jesus Christ. That and, thing floats. and the power. I rode that bike yeah, in the Sounds yeah. of Power video. And on the one two shift going 25 miles an hour, just laid it down, hammered second gear, and it laid down a 40 foot stripe. Oh, absolutely. In second gear, not even trying. Oh, yeah. That was just a shift. And what, wait, what was that setup in that bike? 128, 128, 521, 521 full okay. set header MK45s. Okay, 521. Legit freaking setup. Copyrighted by Moonshine Hard Davidson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't try that shit. No, yeah. That, no, and get you. So the, the other one is that silver fat bob out back or out here, the 128 debalanced 550. Oh, the MXDR? 
Yeah. Uh, oh, dude, Gurren's bike. Gurren. Oh Holy my god. Fuck. Dude, I ain't even taking that thing out on the road. I just lapped the fucking throttle out back, yeah. and I almost shit myself. I was like, "Fuck, this thing's you got some power." Come see us if you want to talk about like a real quick yeah. revving bike. Yeah, six one five seven seven one seven 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 five. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Counterbalance one of these things and watch what happens. Holy shit! It's that thing difficult I, to explain. You know, coming down the back stretch, I blip bikes all the time, and I hit that fucker, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Reaching for the brakes, like, "Oh, oh yeah. my god, dude, what did I just do? <laughs> yep. I didn't mean to do that." You know, like same thing. Fuck. Like again, sounds a power video. Monzi's yeah. bike. I take off. I wasn't even trying to haze the tire. And it just picked up the tire and took off for about 25 feet, not even trying. So I was just trying to feed clutch and it would lift the Even tire. the 475, even the mild 124, 128 setups, you could break that back tire loose so fucking easy. Oh, yeah. I mean, those soft tails, you know, we rave about torque, the, man. yeah, yeah, we rave about the, the heritages so much, those 114 heritages. Um, there's something about that bike. I can't just, wait to it do it handles so well. We, we need to find one of those and do a big motor on it. Cause those things, yeah, are but I, can't, I just wouldn't be able to do that on a spoke wheel. I'd have to get rid of those. I, to me, if I was going to build a motor like that, I just, I would be so nervous about those spoke wheels. Why? I dude, that thing's got a lot of power, man. I yeah. think you could rip those fucking spokes right off. That thing. I don't think so. I think you could. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I got on one the other day. It was a 475, 114. That's all it were. 465, 114. And Jesus Christ, dude, all you got to do is dump the clutch in that thing, give it a little bit of gas, you it'll the fucking burn the tire. Yeah, like, those I, things you know, get it. I don't know. Those spokes are pretty tough. I, I it, And it may be unfounded. It, it may be. But that something about building all the low 150 riders. foot pounds of torque on a on what? They have on, them on all the low riders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're fine. Yeah. They're jumping up on the ground. Yeah, well, that's true. The so what we're migrating yeah. to is for your first bike, what you want is a late model bike. Well, yeah, you know, for your first bike, you want something that is reliable and yeah, comfortable easy. and easy Con, to handle. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, you yeah. got it. That's what don't you want. Go fuel cool. You don't go, want. You yeah, don't want something dude, cool. Fuck your carburetor. You, you want I'll something that, that you can HBI. just push the button and it right. starts, and then you can ride it around, and you get to where you're going, yeah. and it's easy. Fuck it. And Until you, you decide you what type feel, of rider, you yeah, and you don't feel intimidated. <laughs> and and that was kind of the point of the topic is is when you haven't ridden before and you're getting into the sport you don't know what well, type of rider you are what is the topic it's yeah that's the topic <laughs> the topic began so, as your first purchase so so oh, you know it's, it, if it's not a grom you don't know it's not a well, no i grom's a good one i actually like groms you're, you're not gonna ride a grom Fuck up and down you. the freeway no, no whatever but i think are, entry okay. level entry <laughs> level is by a freaking sportster you're fired. <laughs> but that that depends like on what your plans are with it. For me, or a 600. I, I didn't to, if you want I to probably yourself. put 1, 1500 miles I before wanna, I ever got on I the highway. I want to get it. I want to build a huge ramp and jump it into a lake. <laughs> what? A That's, grom? We buy Chinese hey, grom for it. It's called Tao Tao. Can you okay. jump over a shark? Yes. <laughs> Sweet. I can. I will. We get a mini bike. Mike has jumped the shark. Right I here. will jump a shark. Boy, can Mike so, jump a Grom over? Can I put you in a leather jacket too? Yes. Oh, fucking A. I got one. Yeah, I like it. And I'll jump it over a shark. Picture Sorry. Mike in a leather jacket. I, did you, you know, yeah, just to kind of get back to what you were saying real quick, though, I, I do want to ask, you know, you're talking about fucking with the, the older should, soft tails. You should threaten him. Who, Aaron? I already threatened him today. I told him, I told a customer I'd go upside the back of his head. That's gross. Didn't you even mess up his hair? I What's laughed. Wrong with you? 
He did laugh, but then he made some <laughs> comment about chasing me down, and I told him he couldn't fucking catch me. Anyways, back on. So you're talking about the older soft tails. I mean, but how would that even compare to say the the 124 and the 128 you've done on the low riders? I mean, that low you rider still you can't weighs less you can't. than well, yeah, yeah. Not even tail. Here's the deal: before the Milwaukee you eight, can't even compare it old nobody liked tail a heritage soft tail. New, nobody liked any soft tail. <laughs> before to before the Milwaukee eight, a heritage soft tail was garbage. I mean, I don't want to say garbage, but it. The new soft tail compared to an old soft tail, it's not a ripper. Even close. Not even close. We an old soft tail handled like shit. Some you couldn't make a fucking rip. turn without scraping boards, and you know they lacked on power, and they, you know they there were so looked, many. They just looked nostalgic. They had the Harley like look. a mini road king. Yeah, yeah people. It. So so for the most part, when people picture a Harley Davidson, if you say Harley Davidson, they either picture a heritage soft tail or a touring bike. You know what I mean? A full dresser, a bagger, you know, limited, whatever you want to call it. Back in the day, we called them full dress, full dressers. But I think that's changing depending on what demographic you're looking at. I mean, now you can ask some people and they'll look at like, what do you see when you see a bagger? And they'll look at, you know, a road. No, (laughs) they'll look at a road glide with chopped rear bags, suspension on it, raised a little bit. Ready to freaking hustle, twenty one, and that's what they see. Well, yeah. and I hate to say it, but Jeff Holt was part of that. Well, props to him then. As much as he's a fucking idiot, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. What part of what? Of of pushing that performance bagger, the performance bagger. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, he did a good job starting. You know, the working with guys like um, who's that dipshit limey guy, California Big Bear, Big Bear. You know, yeah. he, he worked a lot with those guys to like get it into the, you know, so that the big wheel baggers, they're, they're stupid fucking competitions. Are they gone finally? No, they're, no. they're not gone. No. But, for but I'm building it. There's still one in the fucking shop I'm building with the goddamn biggest wheel I've ever seen. We can't even fit it on a lift. It's fucking retarded. But no, it does look bad. Well, don't so do that. <laughs> it's bad. What is it? 23 by like six and a half or something. The fucking, I don't know. It, it, I've never seen a, a big man, tire. So to protect the names of the innocent. <laughs> so I talked to him about this because we've been having so much trouble with brake lines and everything else. He said he don't think anybody else has done the wide twenty three with the big brakes and the fender. I, I he don't he don't think it's because nobody else wants to. Nobody take else a has gone. Well, no, everybody else does them with the small stock brakes and shit like that. Because you know, if you're doing that shit, you're probably half assing it anyways. Right. You know, um, but. Yeah, like nobody knew any of the things we've run into, you know, with, with stupid things like the angle of the fucking brake lines and shit. You know? Yeah, it, it was like, man, I'm sorry you had to buy four sets. Of I, don't break, I don't want to break. I don't want to break that firsts. new ground in that direction. Yeah, please stop me if I break new yeah. ground in that direction. I don't. You know what though? It doesn't matter because it's it's all cool. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing something I mean, different. If that's what yeah, you yeah. suit your style you know, and freaking ride you know, it. It's neat, yeah. And that's what he wants to do, and it's pretty cool because, I mean, it's a pain in the ass because, you know, you rack it, and then you're like, well, fuck, this doesn't work. You unrack it. And then you I already it, did his rake work. neck and all that, the extended yeah. forks and all but, that shit. So all I got to do is brakes now. It's not hard at this point, but it's like, fuck, man. The, the, hard part, the, the hard part to realize is that it doesn't really matter what you like. It matters what the guy that's giving you the money likes. Yeah. You know, someday when the, but, M- okay, when so the he's, M16 he's a really good out, example of, count be done. He's a really good example of kind of what we're talking about. Now, the people <laughs> that he is surrounded with now, no way he could ride that bike with us. No, no. hell no. 
but, no he, but no. he wouldn't. And that's a but, good point. And, and that's the and thing. That's a good point. You brought He'll up earlier, never, like, that's what he was surrounded how by. How many miles do you think he puts right? on that bike a year after he does this? I, a I thousand? Think he, I think he, the shit out of I it. I think he rides the shit out of it, but he rides, so? yeah. it's all like highway and, and he like goes to places and parks. Yeah. Fair enough. You know? Fair enough. You're not tearing shit but up. I'm telling you right yeah. now, Paul Yaffe isn't ripping those fucking big wheel baggers up and down canyons. He's riding them on the highway for a little oh, while. Oh yeah, nobody's and then he's putting it in a trailer. Yeah, nobody's riding a you know, fucking when, big wheel bagger. You see, in the when you see all the all the the videos of Bagger Nation, and I have a lot of respect for Paul Yaffe because as far as that shit goes, you know he's very innovative and yeah. he he's he made his place. ideas and he's got manufacturing down. So when something comes out, he can he can go from concept to manufacturing fairly quickly, which is great because he isn't just narrowed down. Like, you know, John Shope, who just does big wheel baggers, and John Shope's a fucking asshole anyway. But he doesn't, when, when you see all those videos of him riding to Sturgis, those videos are being taken from the fucking toy hauler with a big trailer yeah. on the back that 80% of the trip, the bikes are in that trailer, and they're going in the toy hauler. You know what I mean? So that was one of the things I liked back in the day, back in the Discovery Channel biker days. The biker where, build off, <clears throat> that's what started everything. Well, the ones where they had to build them and ride them. That was the biker build-off. Those yeah. were cool. And they would they would yeah. have to go a thousand miles and ride it and meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that to me was cool. That's, you know, that, and that's that was the demise of Choppers. Well, when that yeah. show aired, that was the demise of the scene. Well, and that's that where the when they did the when it they did when like the whole pitted against Jesse James against OCC yep. kind of thing when they did that. That was what separated the two. Was Jesse James is like I build fucking bikes to ride. You know, he's like, I'm not building shit. It's just going to sit. I have a buddy back in California that has a cottage industry of picking up West Coast chopper frames, dominators, you know, CFLs and rebuilding them, making them to customer spec, sending them out. Yeah. It's all he does. Well, not all he does. He does bagger stuff. He does service. He does all that stuff. But, but like when they were doing part of, and the when they were doing the custom them. bikes, he knows that the business. Really- he knows how to restore them. Yeah. And he makes them badass. Oh, I'm sure. But but when they were building, you know, these these really custom bikes for these build-offs. But they yeah, they were OCC by and hand. these guys were building exist. bikes that didn't really, you know, weren't really for riding. Well, you know, well, ex- where he tried to stay in the riding zone. That's not know? necessarily true because OCC was doing it too, but the difference was before it got on national television and caught on, these guys didn't have twenty million dollar machines. Oh no! They were making everything by hand. Yeah, and I hate so, to break it to you, man. What they were doing when, on OCC was cake decorating. It wasn't making bikes. They took a frame so, well, and they hung a bunch yes of shit and on no. it. No, those guys are fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Paul and Junior, was, you got to no, give the guy he, some credit. He has some really good you make ideas. Like a bike those with guys, candy canes on they, it and all kinds of shit. Hey, that's just freaking stupid. I mean, the snap-on bike. Hey, you know, the, you there know was what? a lot of cool things that they did. But here's something that you here's something you don't know. You know, when I was a kid growing up in the chopper scene, and my dad had a little shop, and we welded everything, and we were cutting necks, and we were doing whatever. When somebody said they wanted candy canes on their bike, and they gave you, they put ten thousand dollars on the counter, you made fucking candy canes on yeah, the bike. Absolutely, because you weren't going to get that ten thousand dollars if you didn't put candy canes on the bike, and you didn't give a shit. Yeah, and we and we it. had to do all that by hand. And when 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 that show, show came out and they had the biker build off, that was the very first one. That was the coolest thing ever, and it ruined it. It killed the whole custom because people didn't understand how much it took 
you don't how much make, money. You don't make any money on those custom jobs. And you a lot of that's just donated. You did those back in the day just so that you could get your name out there. Yeah. And all you tried to do was get tires and services so that you could keep the lights on. What about guys like Russell Mitchell, though? They actually like made stuff and built stuff, machine stuff. All those guys did. But you got those. those Like I knew a guy back in California named Bart that lived in a freaking shed, built stuff and lost his fucking. Yeah, but they were were buying motors. They were buying certain things. You know, there were things that they bought. And a lot of that. They're 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 fucking their their vendors were giving them heavy discounts or well, yeah, next to nothing. Exactly. That's what so I mean. So they, they were what, building these bikes it. on this show. That's what and killed nobody it. knew there was a hundred fucking thousand dollars in that bike. That's what killed it. You know what I mean? A hundred thousand dollars easily in those bikes. And they're like, oh, I don't understand why we pay so yeah. much money. You know? And, <laughs> and, and before and before OCC and and these and there were like these huge corporate sponsors and stuff. Yeah. I mean somebody would pay fifty thousand dollars for one of those bikes and it would take a year to make it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it would it would literally take you six months to a year. And I have two Borgette frames and a Donnie Smith frame in Arizona just sitting there from back in the heyday that, you know, they're not worth shit now. But yeah. back then, I mean, you had a Donnie Smith frame. Hell, that's a fucking seven thousand dollar frame in 1992. Yeah. Because Donnie well, they'll Smith, come back. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be a there'll be a point where it's like, holy shit, this is the coolest thing ever. They'll never and come then- back. I don't know much about them. The pro street will never come back. Yeah, it will. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. The pro street's going to come back around. <laughs> no, it won't. I think it will. Pro street's gone. No. It's Jamie, done. Jamie agrees. It will for the drag nope. strip. It will not. Pro that street, ends it. Pro street will not come back. Pro if the pro street, if the pro street was going to make it, the V-Rod would have made it. Yep, pro street's done. Well, that's a point. V-Rod's fucking Yeah, drag. you're right. V-Rod's an amazing. The destroyer, the destroyer would still be here. Yeah. yeah, the performance. The it's going. Well, they're it's doing going it. Split. They so you're, the you're road still, king has already become the drag you're, bike. You're still going to have the, yeah. the decorative. Really? Well, that that the, hard, the the touring frames hard to beat, man. The decorative yeah. big wheel, like let's throw all this money in stretch bags and and all that shit. That's going to stay around. Uh-oh. And you're going to have performance baggers, and you're going to have choppers. <laughs> The choppers will never die because of the nostalgia and because of the history right, that it so has. So, hey, like they have in but, drag racing, what if we have a nostalgia drag racing class and you these, have like hardtail chopper drag race class? It'd be freaking fun because you got no suspension. You got nothing to worry about. It's just you, the clutch, But those guys the aren't tire. interested in drag racing. Those They're guys not. just want to ride around. And most of those bikes, most and they cruise and they only go, they cruise at 55 miles an hour. You can't even ride them with the regular normal No, 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 drag bikes. strip. I'm saying if you want oh, to make a class I'm for sorry, drag racing. 88 miles an hour. <laughs> I, think, I think you'll clear 120 in a quarter. No the way. one thing you have to remember. On a 120 something cubic inch twin cam or something. No, I'm talking about like the old, the old. You're talking about like rigid choppers. Yes. They're, they don't go 120. You can make them go 120. You can make them go 120, but you're not going to. The guys that own those bikes don't want to go 120. They want to go 50 miles an hour and they want to have fun and yeah. they and they enjoy the upkeep of the bike as much as they enjoy riding the bike. Right. It's a it's a moving model. You know what I mean? It's a work of art. Yeah, that's the yeah, part, like part a of work the of art or moving model, something like that. Part yeah, of the yeah, fun yeah. is like keeping it running and the well, maintenance that they have to do because yeah. you can't get it. <laughs> the one thing you got to remember is all those hardtail bikes that you're thinking of are in someone's garage and they haven't ran in years. Yeah. I mean, right, 90% of them. Right. And we, we get them in the dealership 
And most dealerships that people bring them to won't work on them. They're around. The price on them is real far down. Resale value is really low. If someone's going to spend some money and go to the drag strip, they're going to throw a little bit of money at it. And they're not going to want to choose a frame that's going to beat them up like that. That, you know, it's not engineered for it. So, hey, do you still have that sucker punch bike? That was over here. Sold, sold it. Bike. Dang, man. I, that thing came through twice and I added up twice. I'm like, damn, it. man. I might want that. <laughs> it is a cool bike. And it I would beat the is. crap out of me, but <laughs> it was a cool looking but bike. You know that bike sold for what? Nine grand? What was your first bike, Jamie? And that bike sold that new sold for, for what? New. So that, 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 that bike was 26000 Exactly. 27000 Sucker Punch Sally was selling for high dollars yeah. back in what, the day. What was your first bike? Uh, I was looking at this before I was 1977. Honda Fitty Z50. Okay. With the little handlebar plastic screw downs, you turn and you push the bars forward and they, they go down along the front of the fork. That <laughs> way, in yeah. 1977, when you have a pickup truck, you picked up that 500 pound 50 <laughs> and you threw it in the trunk of your station wagon. <laughs> and that was my first yeah. bike. Yeah. Four years I mean, old. It, the little bikes are the best place to start, you know, and that, it's kind of one of the things we've talked about is, is, People tend to want to ride what's cool. You know, all their buddies are riding leader bikes and they want to buy a Hayabusa so they can outshine their buddies or whatever it is, you know, um, buying the wrong bike in the beginning can be a, a, a hindrance on how much you ride. Yeah. And what we see coming through the dealership now is, you know, 10 years ago, when you talk to someone, what was your first bike? It was a little dirt bike. Because people were riding all over in the yeah. 60s and the 70s. And there are all these areas for recreational riding. And everyone catered to that. But as population has expanded, rules have gotten stricter as well. So riding areas, recreational areas for those little dirt bikes have shrunk to a yeah. minimum. So when we talk to guys now that are coming in there 25 years old, they're like, what are your first bike? And they're like, this is going to be my first bike. Yeah. They don't have that experience of a 50, of a 70, of an 85, a 110. So their first bike could be a street, could be a sportster, could be a little rebel, you know, yeah. a, a little. Well, we talked about that. No, they're, they're jumping in sooner than that. I've seen a lot of like first time soft tail, first time Dyna type. Absolutely. Soft tail's not bad because soft tails uh, in general have a, a pretty good seat height. And a lot of comfortability when you're riding comes with, you know, pulling up to a stop and just being comfortable with your feet flat and feeling like you can handle the bike. You and know, I've so heard soft tails can, can work as a first bike. And I've oh, heard well, a lot of guys that come off sport bikes and they go like, so short. It's my first bike. What are you riding? Road glide, street glide, well, something like that. We see a lot of guys straight over. coming straight from a sport bike, riding with their buddies, going on a ride and coming home be like, forget, I don't want to do that again. Yeah, And they're transitioning. They're seeing the market. So we have a lot of first-time riders going straight to a touring or first-time Harley owner yep. straight, straight to, to the touring, touring platform. Yeah. And yep. we're also seeing a smaller portion of first-time riders going to that bagger too. But we do see more of them. If it's a first-time rider, they're typically coming in on a Sportster. A lot of customers are coming in on the street because they took them in their class and they're comfortable and they yeah. feel comfortable on it. So we've sold out of streets. So there was a a point last year we had to go get the streets. Um, They're very, bikes. very good first bike because yeah. it's not a high dollar bike. So you can ride it for a year, year and a half. And parts and, are pretty cheap. Yeah. 20% of eight grand is smaller than 20% of a $20,000 bike. So if you lose 20% after a year of riding and this and that, yeah. it's a lot, a lot less. You drop bike. it. The turn signals are like 15 fucking. 
dollars. <laughs> yeah. So cheap on that. Seriously, Which the first time I sold them, I was like, "You got to be fucking street. kidding me!" And I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit, they really are like fifteen bucks." It's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. But the best <laughs> sellers for first time entry right now we're seeing is a Street Bob, Heritage, the Iron, Iron twelve hundred, and a Street. Those yeah. are the main force, and then a smaller percentage. <laughs> Road King, Street Glide, Street Glide Special, Road Glide, Road Glide Special. Those are probably special. more the the older riders that are just getting into it, though. Huh? Mm-hmm. Or guys transitioning from a sport bike. They've been on a bike for years, going into Harley, but since they're not first to motorcycling, they can now go up a level and they feel So confident. that's actually a really good topic there because when, you've, when you're in the world of motorcycles in general, I think it holds true because I've ridden Metric and I've ridden Harley is you know you ride up to the biker bar and you pull up there's predominantly harleys there and when somebody asks you what you ride oh yeah i I ride a kawasaki you know i i ride ride a rebel let's just think about whatever it is but when you ride even a sportster i ride harley but one day you you know what i mean and i think I think You've that's arrived. what really drives a lot of those conversions from metric to harley is Man, we have a whole different world in Harley. You know, we you can go to any dealership anywhere, and there's something going on on the weekend. You know, if they're not, they suck. Well, you know what I mean? There's multiple there's, things. Do, yeah, Harley promotes the culture so well, and there's so many people wearing shirts and tattoos and fucking everything. That I mean, how many people do you know with a Kawasaki tattoo? Zero. Well, it's not I mean, everybody <laughs> I fucking know has a Harley <laughs> tattoo somewhere. I think you there's know. A couple sure. points I want to make about this real quick. So. When you have a Kawasaki Honda, a Goldwing. Today I talked to a Goldwing. He's riding with a bunch of Harley guys. Okay. $25,000, $28,000 Goldwing. Called me yeah. a day. He's like, I'm riding a bunch of Harley guys. So what does he need? A Harley. A Harley. Harley. Yeah. Calls up. First time Harley owner. Buys a Harley. Gets one of our motors. Boom. Yeah. Forty-two plus thousand dollar Harley. First time ever buying a Harley. So you have the guy that's riding with a bunch of Harley owners that needs to be in the club fully, not part way in. And cover them up. Then you have customers that go to one of these bike rallies. They have their Honda, this and that. Guess where they're parking? They're parking where no, no one's parking. Yeah. They're walking over. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm here. Okay, so we yeah. see that happening. When they come to the dealership and they have a Harley, they pull their Harley up front and center. So when yeah. we go to look at their bike for a trade eval, it's right there. When someone has uh, a metric motorcycle and I have to do it, I'm like, where'd you park your bike? They're like, oh, it's... It's degrees I'm like, all right, we get over there. We're sweating. I'm like, man, you can park over here. It's like, oh, I didn't know I could park over there. <laughs> yeah. And we you know, see that, but that's the mindset <laughs> yeah. of those riders. We see that they don't even want to park close. They, they want to come. They want to participate. They want the Harley, maybe yeah. financially not ready. Um, maybe they don't know the pricing. They're a little bit hesitant coming in because they don't know all the models. So when guys come in and they don't know that stuff, they are intimidated. You know, usually yeah. when I sit down with a yeah. guy, they're like, oh, man, you're way nicer than we thought you'd be. Yeah. I Somehow I got in, it roped into going to some marketing class, like when I was in Arizona, like six or seven years ago. And the guy was talking to everybody and he said that the average person that is not like, that didn't grow up in the Harley world goes past a dealership 11 times before they decide they can go in. Yeah. Because they have this stigma that like the sons of anarchy are inside. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're just waiting for some outside guy to come in and rob them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking retarded. It's weird. We and and, and the too, best part about that is, right. is, is no. Well, here's the oh, thing. The only about- motherfuckers that are riding these things have money. These dudes are lawyers and fucking, you know, they're That's they're successful bad. people. Well, you don't you're not broke as fuck riding. Well, there's a, a Harley. Bunch, there's a bunch of meth addicts riding them too. Well, yeah, but they're selling meth. They they have more money than us because they're riding fucking Harleys. To remember real quick, the Harley rider, tattoos, beard, long hair, been doing it forever, all leathered up, think he's the hardest guy ever. He's probably like 55, 60 right now, gets home, he's got grandkids, and guess what he wears when he goes to bed? He's probably got like some pajamas with Elmo on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at that fluffy dude. Oh, you yeah. see him on your bike. You're like looking yeah. down in a way when you go to him. You gotta remember, people are still people. I mean, he gets yeah. home. This big gnarly biker is wearing Elmo well, pajamas. Playing with we talk about kids. that stigma, if you will, that Harley has in the riding world, which is you know, it's almost a Ferrari esque stigma it's if you elite. will it's an elite and a really good example is we were talking earlier about meeting up with the guys riding on friday night so we met up with these guys in in nashville and dude pulls up and he's got his truck and trailer fancy fucking probably 100 grand in both you know and he's got a sport bike a stunt bike and a grom for his girlfriend in the back and, a grom <laughs> yeah and, and he and he talks he rolls up you know and he kind of rolls down his window and he's like fuck man y'all are on harley's and he's like, ma'am, I'm fucking, he's like, I brought my, you know, my stunt bike. He's like, I'm not really good, that good on my Harley. You know, he's like, I've been wanting to try to stunt on it more. If I'd known y'all were, you know, all on Harleys, I'd have brought my Harley. And one of the guys like, yeah, I just lost all respect for you. Yeah. <laughs> did, you did they drop the line? Like anyone yeah. can wheelie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was bike. like, dude, you have a stunt bike. Nobody gives a fuck Twist. about that thing. You know, give it your sportster and let's wheelie that, you know. Yeah. But it, it, it even fits into that world is... You know, I think guys have been stunning sport bikes for so long that it's kind of old hat. You know what I mean? Oh wow, you did a wheelie. Well, cool. not even that. When you, know, you when you go to a sport now bike when you shop, grab a yeah when you go to a sport bike shop today, you're like, hey, where's your Jixer one thousand? They're like, oh, a Jixer one thousand. You want to look at a Jixer one thousand? It's a unicorn that's lost in the woods. And they're like, oh my god, <laughs> they sell like two or four a year. No, and when I was in the sport bike world, it's like the Jixer one thousand. Was the pinnacle CBR one thousand? Oh yeah, leader yeah. bike. Yeah. And it's like sometimes you're a newbie, but you're like, I don't want the six hundred. I I got it. Okay, Suzuki makes leader. a seven fifty. At least get the seven fifty. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not the thousand. But, but that Jixer seven fifty was a nasty bike so, so too. Now, yeah. When you go into the, when you go in, don't buy a no, no, but, Don't buy listen, a can listen, of tuna. Listen, can the, of tuna. World, <laughs> the world we knew and came from that is gone. Yeah. Now the big leader bike is like your six hundred, and now it's a three fifty. In yeah. a 500. This is where the sport bike really, there is the thousand, but they're like unsellable. Well, the, a the modern 600, sales are so a modern small. 600, like an RR, is every bit of power that you need. Now, for a guy like me that's six foot three, it tends to be a bit short and small. But a leader bike is way too much power. We talked about this earlier. Well, people There's don't realize never too much bike power. in So right here, about? first gear. Redlined at 98 miles. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about this bike right here. Right here, Jamie. It's called the ZH2. It's a supercharged leader bike. 
Is that the H2? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Dude, we horrible first bike. Rides, I mean, this bike, if you do not know how to ride, will absolutely kill you. If they had that out when it I bought kill my you. first sport bike, I would have bought it. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and no, you would have no, killed no, yourself. Mike, if you no, live no. in California, no, I would have hurt my bike. I would have crashed. Probably illegal in California. So, my first street bike ever, my first road bike purchase ever, was a Gixxer 1000. I was riding all my buddies 600s that were beat up and worn out, and I they dropped it off to my work. And I leave work and I hit this back road and the first corner turning out of the parking lot of work, I hit the gas in the rear and was like, <laughs> completely excited. <laughs> <laughs> tires. And I pulled back in. I remember just letting go of the throttle and island for a second. And then grabbed back throttle. I was like, okay, I bought a 1000. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't know if it made it into this one or the previous recording, but me and, me and uh, Aaron shared a very similar, both of our experiences the first time on a leader bike were pretty much the same thing, hey. except we went up on one wheel, oh, yeah. put it back down and said, that's yeah, way cool. too fucking Jamie, much. I, <laughs> I knew a guy that had an R1 that lived across the street from me that had BST wheels on this bike before. This was in like 2003, 2004, before I knew what BST wheels were. And he had them. And I rode this bike and it was like all the Yamaha sport tuning, all the stuff on it. And at that point, I was like, okay, cool. I'll hop on this bike, take it up the canyon, good thing, <laughs> can down the road, hammered it. And without even trying, the thing fucking stood up about three feet and then laid down. And then the next gear, it stood up again. And I went, holy shit. Yeah. Holy fuck. This thing is crazy. Yeah. Get me off it. I, I kind of like white fisted my fist. <laughs> like so I tell you, the guys that test ride our bikes. It was fucking nuts. Like, yeah, I had raced oval track for that point for probably eight or nine years. And I was still racing. But you will never push still a bike like that to like, its real limit. Well, I no. fell into this motorcycle Ever. industry. Fell into it. And I was racing the mud trucks, racing the cars. And I remember having the Gixxer 1000, had a pipe on it. I put Yoshimir cams. I had it tuned. And I remember doing a wheelie, hitting it where it was past my balance point, hitting the brake. Before the front end got down, hammer on the throttle again and pull the front wheel back <laughs> So up. you don't pull out your force seals. I was like, okay, in a wheelie, hit the brake, front end falling, hit the gas again, pulled it right back up to wheelie. I was like, this is kind of cool. <laughs> I was like, and this like cost me 11 grand. My race car motor was like 14 grand at yeah. the time. And I was like, okay, this is probably a like lot more my direction <laughs> yeah. than what I can afford to hot rod on. And what's cool now is all the guys that had those sport bikes back then are hitting the Harley market for coming oh, yeah. because they yeah. want to be comfortable. So and we're seeing that. Sense. We're seeing the guys that were too. like, yeah. hold on, they were 18 bike. to 30 that had those Harleys. And now they're between 25 ish, let's say, to about 40. Those guys that had those sport bikes are now moving into the Harley scene. They're exactly. moving to the dark side. And they want And the that's power. why we're seeing the performance bagger. Yeah. So if the dark side is so strong, why in the world am I hearing about how Harley is struggling? We're not going to make it. Blah, blah, oh, blah, blah, blah. Those people are I think it's complete freaking bullshit. Let me give you the data. It's complete bullshit by people who no, no, don't Harley understand what we do. Harley's the number one. Okay, Absolutely. Harley sells more motorcycles than anyone, but we've gone down. 14 was kind of the pinnacle year when we came out of the rush where we crushed it. And Harley produced too many bikes. It got greedy. Too many bikes, just too many out there. So supply and demand, plus the market went down a little bit for everyone. Yeah. What's happened is the used market right now 
is the highest it's ever been. Used Harleys, record-breaking sales unused. And the reason being is because a street glide used to be 20 grand. When street glides were 20 grand, we were selling way more new. Now, your base model, your, your least expensive street glide special, which is the one everyone wants, is 27.5, roughly. Okay, so now it's 27.5. Some of the guys that were on the border of not being able to afford a $20,000 bike are now out. So if they want a $20,000 bike, they have to buy used. Mm -hmm. So because the prices of the new units have risen to like 30 grand for those bikes, it's driving more people back to the pre-owned market. So pre-owned market's on fire. Harley new bike sales are down. But the new the used bike sales are up beyond what, do we have, what like, the new bike sales. What do we have like twelve fucking bikes on the lot? Yeah. Well, even before that, I mean, this has been going on for like five yes, or six it, yeah, years. But, but I think that speaks louder more about the culture of the bike and the type of bike we make and the type of bike we build, rather than like. Well, a lot of that though is, uh, uh, some of that you have to attribute to like the culture the, thing, the right? Col the, the culture and the yeah, because. Yeah. Because another thing that you got to that you got to look at is like culturally, the attitude that Harley has is not what they're trying to post as popular. You know that culturally they're trying to say motorcycles are dangerous. They're trying to say that outlaws are dangerous, bad boys are dangerous. Everybody needs to conform. So culturally, you're on the outside of 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 the what they want to portray as the norm. That's the, the best media. thing they could do for us, though. Well, yeah, if we yeah. embrace that. Please which, feeding which it. Yeah. Please have. feed it. Yep. But, and here's another here's another element you got to look at when you have like the new challenger Indian who has almost no market. If you sell a hundred motorcycles, but they have a seat that cools your ass. You're right. <laughs> what? But, so you, so you have it's seat. only it's only twelve hundred dollars. How, how many? Hey, it. Jamie, yeah. last year, how many motorcycles did Harley sell? Like, oh, man, two hundred fifty thousand. I don't Roughly. know. I do know. I do right? know that last year, but you got to remember Honda, when they sell two hundred fifty thousand, the used market was like seven hundred thousand. It's not that high. Right, but but it's probably more like forty thousand. But it's not good because no, no, worldwide, worldwide. Well, yeah, worldwide. Last year, Honda sold like twenty thousand motorcycles, right. which was twenty three percent of market share. Okay. Usually, Harley hovers around 50, the twenty five to twenty six percent. Harley's fifty percent of the market. But no, you're, not on road. It's less not it's on like road. 40. It's like twenty six. Okay, but but you're comparing. Okay, you're comparing. So let's not split hairs. Let's say Harley. let's let's meet in the middle and say Harley sells eighty thousand bikes, and then the next year Harley sells eighty thousand bikes. Okay, Harley sales are in the toilet. Yeah, because they sold the same amount last yeah. year as they did this year. Indian sells one hundred motorcycles, and then the next year they sell one hundred and ten. Their sales are up ten percent. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. all these other motorcycle companies aren't down as much because they don't have nearly the volume. So when you sell the the pure amount of motorcycles that Harley does, your numbers look pale in comparison to your competitors. Because if Harley owns fifty percent of the market, and okay, we'll, we'll say forty percent, and every other manufacturer out there owns the other sixty percent, how many other manufacturers are there? Ten. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Well, no, there's like five so, major. So you got maybe. well, you got Honda, Kawasaki, Yamaha, Suzuki, and Harley. Those are the only and ones then, that matter. Well, Ducati, Indian, Ducati, KTM. Ducati yeah. doesn't sell nearly enough bikes. Well, well, I'm talking more right, though. You I mean, have a Prilla, a Prilla. Yeah, they, you know, again, they don't sell nearly enough bikes. It doesn't matter. They they all share the other sixty percent. 
Yeah. So you have a company like Aprilia who sells a thousand units a year. The next year they sell a thousand fifty. Well, their fucking sales are doing great because they sold fifty more motorcycles. Whereas Harley sells a hundred thousand. Then the following year so, they sell a hundred thousand. They're suck. They suck because their sales are flat. Mm-hmm. They're stagnant. They're going the down. From the so of the U.S. market like share is forty nine percent. But I'm going to keep looking here. I'm fairly certain that worldwide on-road sales hardly hovers around the 26% market share, if I remember correctly. I refuse okay. to When we talk about this stuff, can you let me know ahead of time so I can just print it all and bring it? <laughs> yeah, so we, can, we don't like to prepare. Fuck all that. This guy, now he wants to pause. This will give me all of it. So every video we do, he wants no prep whatsoever. Hey, your podcast is going downhill until I got on here tonight. When they run these articles, when they run these articles, they're running statistical articles. They're not running like what they're not running the data behind the statistics. It's it's no different than hit journalism. That's no, I know, but but it's a different machine. Hold on, I want to talk about what's going on with these manufacturers. Back to why we're losing stuff. So all the manufacturers. We're not losing shit. Well, hold no, on. Listen, listen. Let me finish. Let me tell you something right now what's happening. The car world, all of them are having this problem. A brand new diesel truck. Let's say 05. 45 grand. You get oh, yeah. the King Ranch. The Denali. 45 grand. 05. Yeah. 15 years. That same truck, 85. 80. Yep. Let's say 80. Mm-hmm. $80,000. It's almost doubled. So what's happened in the market is these manufacturers to get people to trade in the guys with endless funds to trade in year, every year, every two years, what do they do? They make it better. Let's add ABS. Let's add traction control. Let's add a TV screen, Apple play. Let's add heated seats, heated steering wheel, backup mirrors, mirrors all over the trailer. Every time they add one of these things, it's awesome. Price goes up two grand, two grand. Two grand. We've added so much stuff that now we've taken people out of the market that would buy new because the price is so high that 30% of the market that used to buy new can't even afford them. Right. It might even be way higher than that. And Harley's done the same thing. ABS standard. Okay, now they have bigger motors. Okay, now we have cooler rims on them. Now they have infotainment center. Now they have a touchscreen. Now they have RDRS. We've added all these features. And what they do is for more sales, we need to add more, add more features, add more features and raise the price. But when the price goes high, people drop off because they can't afford it. But here's the other problem you face. Once you come out with that bike with all that stuff on it, no one wants to buy a Streetlight Standard. Right. What's that street light stand? They want the street light special. Right. No one wants to buy the low end one. So we came out unless, with like a standard. Unless you have a plan. We, we came out with that, but they don't want it. They want this. They want the shiny thing. They want the, the biggest thing. Radio so the problem is instead of buying the new one, they're like, oh, hey, here's one that's three years old, 5,000 miles on it. That one looks pretty good. I'm going to buy that one. And that one's 20 grand. I can't afford a 20. And that's what's happening. So I have Coca. Back in the car industry, what was yeah. it? Late sixties, early seventies. He redesigned everything. Chrysler, and right? Chrysler. Ford. Save Chrysler. The Iacocca was I think Ford. both after Chrysler. No, no, no. He, he well, yeah, he the Ford Pinto was him. The yeah, Ford F. Yeah, yeah. So, 40 was him. But well, but, no, he came out the, Chrysler, the, the minivan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lee Iacocca, he he bounced around a little bit. But no, no, he it, he came into Chrysler. 
saved that company with what was the car he came out with? They hit the market the K with. car. And it was cheap. Well, that, so that and was the was 80s. Listen, that was the 80s. It was a yeah. car. He came out with a model that was cheap for the masses. My dad drove a K car. But, K but car. you have My to remember here, listen, he reinvented what was going on. Reinvented the car industry that we knew. First that car was going. Saw and he made it, it was affordable. He made it cheaper. <laughs> he made it convenient, economical. So, and boom, record-breaking sales. It wasn't the Pinto. What was the one? The Dodge Duster? So I don't remember. I have a socialist a idea here. Hold on, look it up. Look this up. We're gonna finish this. <laughs> what is this? God, God. You don't want to know yeah, what I looked up here. So, no, so side, side project. No, no, we're here. gonna stay on this because this is a very important thing right here. So the moment in motorcycling that will hit is when someone comes out with a bike like he did back in the car industry, record-breaking sales. It'll happen. We don't know what it is. It'll happen, and then everyone will copy it. Harley comes out with it. Indian, everyone's on board. Indian comes out with it. Everyone's on board. Ford Pinto. Uh, yeah, reviving Chrysler in the 80s. Yep, and what did what was the first one he it's did? It's got to be the K car. Let's see. Um, no, first, but interestingly enough, it says that. The Ford Pinto. He did the Ford yeah, Pinto he before the Ford he Pinto. went to Chrysler. Yeah. So the Ford Pinto came out, and it came out as a cheap, economical vehicle. And when they came out, who Chevy came out with the one. It was the Chevette. Was it the Sh- yeah Chevy Chevette? The Chevette mm-hmm. came out, and then the He's Dodge Duster came out to compete. So he came out with this first. Everyone saw the sales, record-breaking sales, crushed every number we ever knew. Everyone had to make a car to compete. The Dodge. They wanted that caravan. They, they wanted that gas. No, mileage. but that was at the Pinto was the first one. Right, but so Ford Mustang, uh, Continental Mark but, III, but Ford Escort. The Ford Pinto was a small car. You could fit four people in, cheap. The caravan revolutionized right everything yeah, because now, and the if you had a family, yeah. you no longer had to cram everyone in a station wagon. Yep. The, the minivan came out. So he was in front of the industry moving it forward. And right now, we're kind of stagnant in the motorcycle industry. We're just reinventing the same stuff and changing them. No one's brought, Harley hasn't brought a new successful model to market that has changed Harley since. The street glide. Yeah. Yeah. The street glide's there. We haven't brought a new model to market. It's not like we brought out a FXDRS. Oh my God, it's record breaking sales. EV, record breaking well, sales. You know, yeah, but they have a history of bringing out things. great bikes <laughs> and they don't become popular until 10 years later. Well, but, and part of that, part of that no, is no, a, new, a new bike that will come out will come out eventually. I, that I, will break I think all the records. new platform. That EV, I, I honestly, that I think thing the. has a better mileage. Jesus Christ, man. I, I rode that thing the other day, and I swear to God, I have never ridden something that got my heart pumping so live hard. Wire. The live wire? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah, man. The live it's wire a totally is different amazing thing. Bike once Just you like ride Harley it. is a different but, but thing. They're from not going to produce enough bike. of them to make a difference on a anything. No, that's not the a, point. A sport bike's a it's a completely different machine well, the live- than a you're on point with the live wire. The problem with the live wire, it's out of the pricing. Yeah, right now, it is 30 very grand. much out of the pricing. Okay, make that it's live like wire 16999. We have so a completely different situation. When I talked to Harley about this, they wanted, they really wanted to put that bike out at 20 grand. They that was their goal. They could have. But they, they, they didn't. Okay. That was their goal from the beginning when they started this in like 14 or whatever, and they started doing this, and I was in classes talking to people. Their goal was to hit that at 20 grand. They, they can go it. back if they were to relaunch it. They would instantly try to hit that now that they know what they know. Yeah. And now that they're 
It's a relaunch, and it's going to fix it. The problem is, is out. they would have to go from seven or eight hundred a year to three thousand a year in uh, order but, to bring them down to twenty thousand dollars. Well, let's go back cost. to the experience of the and live then wire. You're real taking quick. a really big gamble. Are are we going to sell three thousand of these a year? You know what I mean? That becomes the gamble. Oh, they sold three thousand. Three thousand are done. Oh, I think I think so. They've I think they could be that. done. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand well, dealers. I mean, six hundred dealers. No, in they, the US. they're only making seven or eight hundred a year. So we've only had them a year or so. So they couldn't have made more than fifteen hundred of them. I th- I think one of the issues that Harley has is they they don't launch their new platforms very well. First of all. They came out with the new street glide. There was a stripped down street glide, cheaper. Let you know it didn't have all that didn't have all the bells and whistles, didn't have the radio, and they called it the standard. Yeah. Like that's the stupidest fucking name you can and then they did it again with the soft tail. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Why would you call anything the stand why don't you call it something that would be intriguing? Well, I had a meeting with Harley about lower. the name. So I had a meeting with them after they brought it out. And I said, You had a street glide and you had a road glide. It was the alley glide. The alley's not as big. It's a little narrower behind, but, but the like, alley glide. No one wants to say I got a standard. And exactly. Uh, one day, you know, and, and one then day, what they do that. I'll call and my bike the alley glide. That, when I'm done with it, it's going to be called the alley glide. On top of that, like, I like the alley glide. I thought so that was first good. alley glide. So look at look at look at what they did with the live wire. They had a couple of celebrities ride it around. I say, oh, this is awesome, and then. They fucked up the launch. They recalled them. You couldn't get them for three months, and then, and then I, when they, and then when they finally arrived at the dealership, they were like over it. This, this yeah, to they, me, that Mark was you, you this I mean? is a one hundred percent first several sold. Yeah, and, and then because that launch yeah, happened this, where there was a problem for that little window, everyone got nervous. This yeah, is one hundred percent normal for Harley. No, think no, about not the seventy-two. What an awesome bike, right? Apes, awesome paint, 1,200, chrome everything, fucking great bike. Couldn't sell them. Well, Could no, no. not fucking sell them. No, the, the difference. Great bike. Now, if you get a 72 used, you can't keep that motherfucker on the lot. Well, the 72 was a great bike. The problem you have is everything in sales is cost driven. Well, you got to figure out. What does a salesman make when he sells a Sportster compared to a bigger bike? So when someone comes in on a Sportster, the problem you have at a lot of dealers is instead of leaving them on the Sportster, so you can take them from a Sportster to a Softail or from a Sportster to a Dyna, they move them straight to the Softail or the Touring Bike is what they try to go. Yeah. Salesman makes a little bit more money. It's a, the customer is eventually going to go there. But if you, had, if you had a dealership and every salesman rode a Sportster, record-breaking sportster selling dealership <laughs> because people yeah. are going to sell what they love. Yeah. So the best thing you can do as a dealership is you can hire someone sales that rides a sportster, hire someone sales that rides a dyne every day, hire someone sales that rides a soft tail, yeah. that rides a touring bike, that rides trike. If you have a dealership and you have each salesman riding each one of your bikes, one guy on a live wire, guess what? That salesman that rides a little live wire is going to sell more live wires than anyone else. Yeah. The guy riding the sports is going to sell more. You got to think, take the demographics of Harley. What are most cost or most employees riding at Harley? Probably touring bikes. We sell more touring bikes than anything. I've got a great idea. I think 
that all of our employees should be given some fucking nice bikes. Turn his, turn his, <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Turn to his ride. bike off. Yeah. Yeah, Especially the last This is wire. why he doesn't have a headset. Yeah. You're fired. But, but, <laughs> hey, that was a visible you know, <laughs> And like I was saying, we're, we're back to a normal launch. The V Rod. Hold on, hold on. The V Rod was an amazing motorcycle. Could not sell them. Well, in the very beginning, actually, oh, they, they sold pretty good. Records. Yeah, I was going to say, the very beginning, oh, they sold pretty good, but they were hard to sell. The, the So many bikes that Harley has put out become cool later. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they don't. You don't have to worry about that. I fix it all in post. Um, yeah, I, I get rid of all that in post. But does that take off that microphone? Yeah, boom, done. Well, you can still yeah, yeah. that's why. That's that why you gotta like, leave it on. That was right. It was absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, you can still hear it though through all our mics. Yeah. He'll he'll, he'll fix all that in post. You you won't you won't you won't hear them talking when we're when it's done. Not everyone, but that's not. Yeah, but see, you're wrong now, because the guys, the, the guys that are on adventure touring bikes have no fucking interest in riding a Harley. The guys that are on dirt bikes have no interest in riding a Harley. There's Kawasaki makes things that Harley doesn't make that you cannot compete with. So the guys that are riding Har uh, Kawasaki touring bikes, yes, they want to ride Harleys. All the brands, but the guys that are there. on sport bikes, they don't give a fuck about a Harley. Because Harley doesn't make anything that competes with it except for the live wire, and nobody wants one. Well, here's something else that happened a lot of people don't think about. Everyone's like, Indian, Indian, Indian. Oh, they came out of Challenger Copy and Harley. Indian, Indian for the Harley dealership and for Harley owners, the best thing that happened to Harley in a long time. Oh, yeah. Because now, Indian, before, Harley would run the same chassis with the same motor for an extended yeah. period 10, of time. And we changed. Well, what's new this year? We got purple. And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's got some no, yeah. two dot pinstripe Absolutely. on it. And this is the custom two colors. Yeah. You can get two color, one color, and or what's CDL. What's new next year? It's got tubeless tires on spokes. And they wouldn't change anything because there's no competition. They had the market cornered. So what it the competition has done to Harley is Harley is now bringing new models to market faster than we ever had. They're nitpicking more stuff than we ever had. We're coming out with better machines than we ever had. The and new middleweight it, it has made Harley a better company because you know, the, the enemy of great is good. Yep. Yeah. The enemy of great is good. We were really, really good for a long time. We could have been greater by making newer stuff quicker, but it's like, do we want to spend all that money on manufacturing? Do we want to spend all that money on tooling? Because when you come up a new model, what they don't realize is all the money it takes for all the new equipment at the assembly plants in York and well, plus the R well, obsolescence. Oh, but, yeah, the R and D is incredible. That's the thing when you buy a Harley product too. Is you need to understand like it is tested like to the nth degree. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like it is pounded, tested, shaken, stirred, well, and, and flipped I'll, upside and down, you, burned. Where you really see that in a shop is when you do it when you do accessories because when you buy Harley accessories out of the P and A catalog, they fit. Right. Oh yeah. When Absolutely. you when you the buy things out of drag, you have no fucking clue what's going to happen. Yeah. When you get that bolts on in a, in minutes, you don't have a clue what's about to happen when you open up the package. And if they do have instructions, 
I mean, it was like typed up by me. Well, and that's what drives. <laughs> so seriously, exactly so what you're talking perfect. about is what drives <laughs> the models running for so long. Yeah, is that Harley has so many products that they offer for their bikes that doing two or three year model runs would not work for the way Harley operates in their in their P and A, you know, in, in the aftermarket stuff. If they were changing everything every two or three years, the P and A catalog would be a nightmare. But they're doing it. Now. We're doing it now. They're doing we're, it now. We're, they're getting into it now. Yeah. They're getting into it. So well, what's about deal. to drop with the, Harley? The nice thing that Harley has, though, in that is we have the background of the P and A accessories and being and being able to engineer them to fit. That when they make subtle changes, they they can come out with the accessories that will fit. Now, granted it gets more difficult on the front line because we have to pay more attention to the fine print. Like this fits all these models, except this one. Yeah. It only fits this model. If you have this model, yeah. you need this accessory. So it's more difficult for us navigating on the fine print, but they have the model down better than any manufacturer so that every two Absolutely. or three years they can make those changes and they can, they can keep up. Well, that's always been on one of my arguments. Part. You know, you ride any metric manufacturer. And ride into that dealership and tell them you want something cool for your bike and tell me what happens. They got shit. They got they have OEM parts and you know very little aftermarket. You know, guaranteed nothing in stock. I can tell you that because I've I've been there. You know, and your choices are going to be two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Two choices. That's what you're going to get. When Harley, you come in, you're like, I want to buy a seat for my Sportster. And the parts guys look at you like you're dumb. Because they're like, <laughs> where do you want to start? You know, solo, two up. Uh, you know, are you, are you, where do you want to start? You want a gel seat? You want, you know, what style are you looking for? What's your bike look like? Are you chrome? Are you black? Are you colored? You know, there's so many, you know, are you a blue bike? You want blue stitching? Whatever the fuck it is, there's so many options. But when those know? hit piece articles come out, there's no, they don't have the scope of thing. Cause these guys don't, most of them don't ride motorcycles. If they do, they ride like a GP Aprilo and they just ride bikes for, for like motor trend magazine, just to write the articles. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they don't understand the depth of the, the brand. You know what I mean? Yeah. The depth of the machine. I mean, there's so many differences. It's like driving it when, when you have a Jeep, how can you compare it to a, a Volkswagen bug? You're so goddamn sexy when you're drunk. God damn, dude. No, no, I think what he's... <laughs> no, 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 no. You said it wrong. It's just so sexy the when I'm drunk. Between the, reality, <laughs> the difference is between how, the reality of how you actually use a bike. Hmm? Like, Yeah, the, I mean, there, there's different... Like, does a, a race bike sounds cool as hell? Does it sound like fun to drive a top fuel dragster to work every day? Hell yeah. Yes. It sounds like a hell of a lot of fun. Until you drive Would a you top fuel do it dragster every day? to hell work every no, day. no, you won't. <laughs> no. You want like a Corvette or a CTSV. <laughs> I know. That's your what you fucking want. parachute comes out. It's like out. the way I... Fuck like, a red light. Fuck. The parachute comes out. People behind you are pissed as fuck. What the fuck? I all things as I get older, I realize things make a lot more sense when compared this way. Do you want to drive a top fuel dragster to work every day? Sounds like a hell of a lot of fun, but in reality, no. My GSR eleven hundred, that motherfucker would vibrate your taint until 
you right, were like miserable. girlfriends I knew before. They vibrate my taint until I was miserable and I had to it's get rid of it. How do we get on taints? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, I think it's I, you know what, I, I, I think we're wrapping up the end of this, <laughs> of this episode here. We got way off topic, but we stayed on motorcycles, so I'm okay with it. But you know, it's it's back to you know the what we what, what we kind of started the topic on, yeah. which is you know, their bikes are built for a purpose. You know, a a, a soft tail or Let's say a sportster in my 883 yeah. is not meant to ride across country. No. You know, it is not it's a bike. comfortable. If you, your friends are out riding doing 500 miles trips, you don't want to buy a sportster. You're going to buy a sportster maybe because it's in your price range, but you're going to realize like, oh. very quickly that it is the wrong bike for you, you know? And it, it, it works in, in, in every aspect. Like I said, every manufacturer makes so many different bikes for a reason. Uh, if you live out in the country on dirt roads and things like that and you buy a fucking soft tail, you're probably going to regret it, you know. Uh, but tires. you get yourself the new, what is it, the Pan America that's oh, coming out? I, I, I really I'm, believe I'm that so new platform is going to be something special. I mean, if, if, if the power ratings are what they said, and they build the bike the way it looks. I think we're going to be good. It's going to be badass. It's going to be a badass. With the, the 1250s. Good job, oh, guys. Oh. They're going to be some shit. That, that's going to be some motorcycles. That you can get. Okay, yeah.